Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. In honor of PWS Awareness Month, I wanted to bring you all some practical tips and strategies from moms in the trenches of PWS. Now, originally this was supposed to be one episode, but I spoke with two women that I admire and whose wisdom and experience I value. They both have such wonderful advice and wisdom to share that I didn't want one to get lost with the other, so I've decided to publish two separate episodes, and so they're both coming out this week, today, on the same day. Before we get to this episode, I just want to quickly remind you all to follow Walking with Freya on Instagram so you can be a part of the PWS Community Challenge, or you can join the challenge on the Facebook group PWS Community Challenge, and there, both places, you can see the posts and be a part of the conversation. Also, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. I know I mention this every episode, but that's because it's kind of important. Now, this episode is with We Are Brave Together founder and fellow PWS mom, Jessica Pate. Her son, Ryan, is soon to be 18, and she shared a bit about what is next for their family and how families might choose to legally approach this milestone. We also spoke a lot about the sibling experience, how our children can be affected by the attention required by our, by our child with PWS, and the restrictions on food and kitchen use that can affect the entire family. She also talked about the importance of making time for everyone. Therapy as in uh, for the entire family to talk about family dynamics and making sure that siblings know that they have a voice and they need to use it. She has some great advice learned from experience for families who are in the earlier stages of their journey with PWS. Jessica is an important advocate for mothers and I would say for siblings as well, and really lets us in on some important wisdom. She is open with her story and empathetic to others' experiences, and it's always such a pleasure to speak with her. Now you can hear more of her on her own podcast, Brave Together Pod. I will have a link to this in the show notes, as I usually do. So I hope that you enjoy this episode with Jessica and you check out Emily Felt's episode, which is coming up next, if you haven't already checked it out. And please come back next week for some inspiring sweetness and hope with the Latham Centers. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here, of course, and love the work that you're doing, of course. Uh, I am Jessica Pate, and I've been married to my husband, Chris, for 24 years, and we have three kids. Luke is 20, and Ryan is my son with Prader-Willi syndrome, and he is soon to be 18, which 
how is that even possible? Because I still remember the night we got the phone call and it seems like yesterday and I can pull up all the feels instantly. Uh, and here we are. And he's just about to be 18. And I have Kate who is 15. Okay. And We Are Brave Together was, I say it was born out of a beautiful collision in my heart. And it's just a collision of my passion for the friendship of women and connection and community colliding with my heart for special needs families, just knowing what the journey is like. And so we launched back in July, 2017, and we have over 1200 moms who have joined us nationwide, even internationally. We're actually starting our first international support group soon Yay. in Canada. And that's very exciting for us. And we are here to take care of the caregiver. So we are offering support groups, educational workshops and retreats for moms. And we actually do have a support group now for dads, virtual. Everything we're offering right now is virtual, but we're, we're in the process of, of transitioning to both virtual and back to be in person nice. as well. Oh, that's good. That's exciting. You know, I do poetry once a month. We, we were doing this poetry nights and we went to Zoom and we just did one. Um, you know, we've been doing Zoom all year and we just got together and there were only like 10 of us that had to be invite only uh, around a campfire. And just, oh, it was just so different. It's just such a different way to be with people, to be I agree. with them. Yeah, so. I agree. We need to be in each other's physical presence. There's really something special about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so can we talk for a minute about, um, so Ryan's getting ready to be turn 18. That, that's a whole new world, right? Like, do you have to, I, I know I've seen some people have to like around the, their kids becoming legally adults. And so then there's this whole guardianship issue. Is that an issue you guys are having to deal with? Yes. So we, we've started the process. You are, supposed to start about six months before they turn 18 so that you can have things in place by the time they're 18 or, or very close after that. So we have done the paperwork and we're working with a specific attorney who works in this arena and we'll have a hearing this summer. And we are asking for all seven parts of conservatorship so that we have complete protection and control for Ryan. Okay. And so what's the alternative? Like if you, if, if parents don't do that, then what happens? Do you know? Well, as an 18 year old, you can be in charge of your educational, vocational, financial, medical, relational, uh, housing decision, all of those decisions then fall on to the 18 year old. Even if you obviously are guiding and supporting your 18 year old by law though they can make their own decisions unless you have conservatorship over those specific areas so if they want to stop taking their medication or if they want to get a credit card and do whatever they want with that credit card mm -hmm. uh it's up to them because they're wow. 18 and by law they can make those decisions unless a court has said, no, it's in 
the adult's best interest for the parents to be, or whoever, to make those decisions. Okay. Wow. That's good to know. Yeah. I never really understood um, what that was about, but I mean, Freya's nine. So it's one of those things I can put off. Yes. So do you mind if I ask if you have Ryan's support? He doesn't know anything about it yet, but he will get his own court appointed attorney. And it will be interesting to see what he says. I think we'll frame it as it's our job still to take care of you, even though you turn 18. And so these proceedings are so that we can take care of you and make decisions in your best interest. I don't see him fighting it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, I think for him, it will, it will feed into the, the egocentrism. That's a part of PWS <laughs> and he'll be glad that he'll have our time and our attention and our protection, you know? Great. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. I know that wasn't planned to talk about that, but <laughs> it's, I think it's <laughs> okay. It's good information for parents to know. Cause that's, like I said, I saw a post about it and it was something I didn't even realize was a thing that had to be talked about or done something yes. about. So, so yes, I appreciate that. Well, so I'm excited that you're here um, because, well, like you said, Ryan is almost 18. So you've been through, um, quite a chunk of PWS life that I haven't. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I love that you do is that you really are good at making time for um, everybody in your family. And you're very clear about that, about everybody having their time and Ryan gets his time. And so um, I think that's um, maybe just kind of, do you want to talk about that for a second about how that looks for your family? Yes, yes. From the beginning, we read, of course, how siblings can be affected because there is just by the child with special needs, just by the fact of their long list of needs, so much time, so much energy, so much space is focused on that child. And so we decided that we would take Luke and Kate on dates. We would take them on separate trips. We would have opportunities for the four of us to do things together without Ryan so that they could have a break, so that they could have time and attention on them. And we really tried to talk about it openly as well. Did you start talking to them about PWS um, as you know, when they were young and kind of expectations and things like that? How did those conversations look? I think we did. I think we started from a very early age. Luke was two and a half when Ryan was born. So we probably didn't have any big discussions. Maybe Ryan has doctor appointments or therapy appointments. I, I started using the phrase that Ryan's body and brain are different and he needs more help and he needs more support. So that's why we have therapists in the house or that's why we have these appointments or that's why we have to go to Los Angeles to see this specialist. So, and then at whatever point where food became food or the food schedule or portions became noticeable by the others, 
we would talk about it openly as well. So I think we tried to be intentional from the beginning with both Luke and Kate. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Like the, the food thing with the siblings, that, that's one that I still try and figure out. I know I screw up constantly on, on both ends just because, you know, I mean, we, we talk with Freya about how she doesn't need as much food. Her body can't handle as much food because I have a 16 year old who just is constantly in and out of the fridge. And, you know, before COVID, I feel like there were, it was a little clearer on when people could go in the kitchen and get food. And then now it's just like a free for all, um, <laughs> except for Freya. Yes. And, and then having, you know, a little eight-year-old who just like needs is like, and constantly moving, just like needs food all the time. And so I just feel like I'm really just constantly trying to negotiate that space of, of, you know, when it's okay to eat, when it's not, how can somebody eat and somebody can't, and it's complicated. It is complicated when there's siblings involved because you can't control the kitchen, especially once they hit, you know, 10, 11, 12. And I know we're taught in the PWS world that everyone should eat at the same time, but it's not realistic when there are siblings. And because they come and go, they eat off schedule, they might not pack a lunch. And so they come home and basically eat a lunch after school. And so then the, the kid with PWS is looking at that saying, why are they eating an entire meal? And I have my little baby snack, right? And you have to explain that for Ryan, he accepts it. He will accept Kate and Luke didn't make a lunch, so they're eating lunch now, or they didn't eat breakfast, so they're eating at whatever odd time. He, he gets just very focused on himself. And so as long as we are providing his food schedule and sticking to it, not so much the clock per se, mm-hmm. except for breakfast. We got locked into breakfast at 6.30 somehow. <laughs> um, he, he doesn't mind. And we eat all together rarely because Ryan eats at a different time. He wants to eat at five, five fifteen. The rest of us don't usually eat that early. Mm-hmm. So he's often eating alone uh, with me or whoever is 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 preparing his food for him. Um, maybe once a week as a family, we might have a meal together, a dinner. Mm-hmm. but he he doesn't usually wait so we say well you can have this at five o'clock or you can have the family dinner and it's usually like a better option uh you know at six or six thirty and most of the time he doesn't wait so he's happy to just get what he gets and he moves on with his with his day okay but uh i can't say that there aren't a lot of mixed messages around food in our household because let's say brother or sister grab a treat and I and then Ryan walks in I'm like go to your room terrible message eat in private sneak food right right? (laughs) and then we talk about that it's terrible to sneak food it's terrible for me to tell you to go hide in your room but Ryan can't have that and if he sees you he will be triggered I don't want him to be triggered I'm not going to give him the cookie (laughs) Mm-hmm. please go away <laughs> or you know we we lie like it's, if I'm out with Kate and we go to Starbucks and get a coffee 
or a treat or whatever it is, I always say finish it before we get in the house or, you know, if Ryan asks where we were, we're running errands mm -hmm. because yeah. again, he can't have, he can't eat the way they eat and snack the way they snack. And so we have to protect him from, from it and protect ourselves from a meltdown because he would be upset and say, it's not fair. Right. And so it's, I mean, cause I, I definitely do that too. Like, uh, you know, I will quietly get Rona a snack or be like, okay, now go, go, go. She's coming, you know, like go in the other room and she's eight. And I'm, and you know, my teenage daughter has sometimes said, I think you're give you're giving her a complex. Like she's going to have issues. And it's almost like, it's like you're trading one for the other. Like, well, is she going to be more capable of handling, you know, her food issues because of this than, you know, Freya understanding that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but there is definitely like a trade-off there, but I really appreciate you saying, um, cause I know this happens for me and I imagine it happens for a lot of parents that, you know, in the PWS world, they say, you know, everybody should eat together and it should be on a schedule and blah, 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 and all this stuff that really is just not realistic for most families. And I think it's easy to, to, you know, like get, you know, not follow these, these, guidelines or these this advice and then feel guilty about it and feel like oh I'm totally screwing this up I'm not doing this right and so I really appreciate you acknowledging that you know sometimes they say things like this is best but it's just really not practical and so you have to make it work for your family and we're all still trying to figure it out <laughs> so we are we are and it's just you know what activities your kids are in and they're not eating till 7.30. Well, I, you know, if that was the case, if we were supposed to eat together, I'd have to give Ryan snacks to get him to wait until 7.30. And then when you feed outside the schedule, that creates more anxiety and more hope for extra food again the next day. So we just, you know, really reinforce that this is your food schedule and Luke and Kate eat differently because of their schedule. And he, thankfully handles that. Well, good. So I'd love to talk about um, peers and peer relationships and how do you, are you successful in nurturing those relationships or is it a struggle? Um, I know for me right now, it's definitely a challenge. I'm, I feel like I'm failing in that realm. And uh, so I don't know. <laughs> so I'd love to talk about that. <laughs> well, I, I second guess myself because I think I could have I could have had Ryan in more social skills classes outside of school. Mm -hmm. uh, PWS is very difficult to have nice friendships because kids tend to be egocentric. They want what they want. They want to talk about what they want to talk about again and again and again. Ryan will pummel people with questions. So he does give people an opportunity to ask questions, but he's asking another question before they answer. Hmm. That is going to be very tiring unless you're super sweet and super patient. And in the earlier years, we tried play dates and they they ended difficultly is that even a word they 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 didn't 
they didn't end well because Ryan wants what he wants. He wants to do things his way or he's making up his own rules to a game. And, and other kids don't necessarily roll with that or they annoy each other, the two kids that are, you know, we're trying to facilitate this friendship. So I, I could have pushed more and more consistently. Would it have changed anything? I don't really know if it would have changed anything. Ryan doesn't really identify with his uh, special needs peers per se. He recognizes that he has special needs and others have special needs. But at school, he wants to talk to all the typical kids. And so we hire high schoolers to come and hang out with him. Some have volunteered their time just out of the kindness of their hearts. They'll walk dogs, they'll shoot hoops, they might watch TV, play games. And he loves that. And as long as I keep doing that, it makes him feel like, it's his friends because they're, they're his peers. Mm. But in my heart of hearts, it makes me sad. And I just put it on the shelf in a little box that he doesn't have any true friends that he would spend time with naturally. It's all facilitated by me hiring teens to come over and babysit or hang out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, that's definitely some of the things that I've been feeling <clears throat> lately is just trying to, you know, trying to figure out like, does Freya really have any friends at school? You know, she talks about the kids in her class and she wants to have play dates and you know, I'm just not one of those moms that's very good at like organizing play dates. I'd rather just show up at a playground and, you know, um so yeah so I haven't really figured out how to move forward with that because you know I see kind of the same things and we do have friends who have kids uh Freya's age and we when we all get together like Freya plays with them a little bit but then it's usually Freya ends up uh you know Rona and the and the kid will go off play together and Freya will end up she she plays for a little bit and then she wants to be on her own she wants to puzzle or do something else and you know she has fun with them for a little bit if she plays with them has fun for a little bit and then leaves on her own to puzzle or do a workbook or whatever um that's like a success <laughs> because it right. also ends in meltdowns sometimes because she's got the like i'm not being included or i want to do this they you know so it is it's a it's a struggle and uh so that's something that i'm trying to think more about um <laughs> so yeah. It's hard. It's hard. They, they don't, they don't pick up on the social cues. It's very autistic. Like they just don't understand nuances and, and, and it gets harder as they get older because kids are less patient and they're just moving on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know it's hard to watch. Mm -hmm. What's like, what's one of the biggest challenges I was gonna say anxiety and maybe that's what it is but I want to give you the opportunity to if you have like learned something along the way this like gem of wisdom that you want to share I would say well one going back to the siblings family dynamics can develop even when you're intentional involved and attuned to your kids and 
they grow up fast and they take on responsibility. Some of it, it just is part of the territory. Some of it you put on without even realizing that you put on. And we are not mind readers as parents. We're not mind readers as human beings. And so if I could go back in time or if we've got moms who've got young children and are listening, I would say that tell the siblings from the beginning, your voice matters. I know you have needs. I know you have wants. It's going to be easy to not express them because your brother or sister with special needs takes up a lot of space and a lot of energy. But I want to hear your needs. I want to hear your wants. And I'm here for you. And just program them so that they realize their voice matters. Because what I've realized in recent years, even though we were intentional, even though we tried to communicate, even though we validated every feeling, there are still dynamics that, that develop with the siblings. And they need to know that we're not mind readers, even if we're great parents. And so they, they need to speak up and they have a right to speak up. And I would say Ryan's anxiety and behaviors are probably harder than the food piece, although the food piece has altered our life. We don't take him to parties. We don't go to restaurants. We don't take family vacations altogether because he gets very insecure about food as if we're not gonna feed him. It's very irrational. And it just, again, the, the trip, whether it's a day or two or five, it just becomes completely about him. And the other two are just silent. So we decided about four or five years ago that we're not taking family trips anymore, that we'll take trips without Ryan. We'll take Luke and Kate one-on-one -on -one, or Chris will take Luke and Kate to the snow because I don't really ski anymore or what have you, you know? Um, to meet those needs and to create some family memories, but it's just, and it's okay. And I do not feel guilty and I've never felt guilty for leaving Ryan behind because the other kids deserve the time. Or if Chris and I get away for a night or two, I don't feel guilty because we deserve the time to focus on each other. I think that's great. The sibling thing, did you ever... Did you ever, did they ever go to counseling or anything like that? Or they felt comfortable coming to you? Like that was enough to, to come to you and have those conversations? I wish that we would have started family therapy when they were really little. We're doing some family therapy now and it's fantastic. I wish I would have started it when they were younger before certain dynamics and ideas or family myths developed. So we're sort of making up for that now. And I, if, if there are any families out there who are earlier in their journey than where I'm at, I would encourage you to get family therapy, even if you don't think you need it. Even if it doesn't feel like there's anything wrong or there's any crisis, it's still a really safe place for everyone to vent and for a really gifted therapist to pull things out so that you can really see what what everyone's feeling, thinking, interpreting about the circumstances. That's a, that's a great suggestion. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've been thinking about it with my 
with my youngest, just she has some behaviors that can be seen as just, you know, she's very strong-willed and very independent and all that stuff. But, you know, I also wonder like, well, she's also been to most of Freya's therapy sessions and, you know, <laughs> doctor's visits because they were so close and she was nursing. And so she went to a lot of those. And um, so I just wonder like that what the impact all that had on her, so. Well, I would say watch that because it, it looks great that they're strong and independent, uh, but it can also be, it can also develop as a way to not have needs. Mm. I don't have needs. I can do it. I can do it. Right. But that, that will have an impact later because that's something we're definitely dealing with. So, okay. The know. other thing I would say too is, uh, you know, PWS is a spectrum. And so the spectrum of behaviors and anxiety is there. Uh, regardless, I think behavior training is critical. And not just, I don't mean ABA, but really, really, really understanding the brain in PWS. So whatever in, you know, in our state, PWCF, Prado Valley California Foundation, has been an amazing resource for us mm -hmm. in so many ways. And I will go to the behavior training every, every other year because it's never enough. Cause I forget, oh, the brain in PWS thinks this way. This is how I need to talk to Ryan. This is how I should not talk to Ryan or respond to Ryan or react to Ryan. And so there, there are great resources through Prader-Willi Syndrome Association and through the California Foundation that's open to anyone who's listening. And it's critical. It is very specific to PWS. All right. Well, Jessica, thank you so much. I always love talking with you. So um, likewise. Yeah. Is there, did you, do you feel like you said everything that you wanted to say or? I think so. If, I mean, certainly if anyone wants to reach out to me individually, I'm happy to talk with anyone and share my experiences. I'm very open and honest. I've blogged infrequently off and on since 2012 about our journey. I'm very open on social media, uh, which I do worry if I'm on social with any newly diagnosed parents because I don't, I don't, just because I am so open and there are parts to the journey that are very difficult. And so I don't want to, I don't want to burden anyone, but I feel like uh, just being transparent is, is really important and helps raise awareness and compassion and understanding. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm happy to talk to anyone personally, if they have some questions. Yeah. Well, it's also important to note that you're sitting here with a big, beautiful smile on your face. So, you know, the journey is rough, but um, there's still a lot of uh, goodness along the way. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. And a quick um, point to uh, your podcast, uh, Brave Together Pod, right? Yep. Yep. Brave Together Podcast. Um, yeah. Our Instagram is at Brave Together Pod. So you'll see postings about all our episodes. We drop episodes weekly. We're on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And that has been a great joy. We launched in the middle of the pandemic and uh, it's been a really wonderful experience. Okay, great. Yeah, so if people wanna get more of you, check out that podcast. <laughs> and again, I just always appreciate talking with you. And it is um, nice to, to talk with people who are a little further on this journey and get some good advice. So I really appreciate that. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's one reason also why I started We Are Brave Together is because I benefited from moms who are ahead of me in the journey, whether that was PWS or just special needs motherhood in general. I think it's, we learn a lot from each other.